the Peter Todd, who is, you know, spoke to Satoshi when he was like 14, 15, his latest quotes are, Bitcoin is dead, mining is over, they will regulate Bitcoin, some shit will come. We're back, pod 89, you know what it is, bitches, the four Bs, brought to you by Mr. Rollin, aka the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, aka the People's Champ, still debatable on that one, hey, so never look, aka the excellence of execution, and for our gender neutral fans, yes, Mrs. No Show is still <laughs> the ESG no strategist, hey. <laughs> We're ticking those boxes, right? Turn it down. Yeah, sweet. How are we all this week? How's Bitcoin life feeling for you? It just seems a little bit quiet at the moment. Hmm. I'm taking the time to brush up on my financial knowledge of um, fiat finance. I've, um, yeah, I've been scouring Lynn Olden's website. Uh, she just did a podcast with another podcast that we won't talk about because we won't big up another one. But just the way she talks about finance and the history of money it just rattles off her tongue like it's committed to memory as though she was there, but she wasn't. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And uh, yeah, her articles on how the Fed's gone broke, I would definitely recommend that. And uh, and then QE quantitative easing. So, but yeah, that's been occupying my time. Yeah, I I think there's the thing is like obviously we say it a bit of a joke there, like our reading up on fiat finance, but it's it is super important. I don't think you can do enough reading on the history of money. There's so much, obviously. You know the the Bitcoin standard summarizes it great, but this yeah. that that's just it feels for me that's like the spine. But then you want all the rips, all the all the little tentacles that come off that. There's so much more knowledge. And then, so yeah, so when you listen to someone like Lynn, the reason she can talk so competently and so confidently on so many subjects is she can always just reference back to, oh, this is time, you know, this is when the bond market did that. This is when yeah. oil prices did this. And, she, and she's not just looking at what's happened today. She's then basing it back over, over the last 200 years this is a pattern or it isn't yeah. a pa- pattern. This is the first time ever this has happened. So she knows when something's outrageous or when something's just, eh, it's happens all the time. And you only get to that point by really understanding like a hundred year, if not a thousand year back on the history of But it's also understanding like the current status, you know, all the different offerings. What the hell do they mean? And it's like, mm. it's really digging in because there's so much BS and it's so you don't get the wall pulled over your eye because whilst I am pretty much committed to Bitcoin, I st- do also have fiat investments. So it's important for me to understand that um, because we don't know when hyper-Bitcoinization is going to happen. And I have got to find a way to ultimately be able to retire because I don't want to be working till I'm 90, till I drop dead. Yeah. Um, from the last interview that she did as well, there was a really key question asked uh, or, or told, and, uh, and and she confirmed it, is that the social care is set to run out in the year 2035 in terms of they won't be able to afford it. 
But that if point, things, yeah, good. I, I was just going to say at that point, do you do you stop paying tax? You know, like if they turn around and go, we can't support the NHS anymore. Do you have to pay the what is it the twelve and a half percent anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and was that well, the US? I, I see. Yeah, that was the US. Yeah, US social care. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously they have quite a bit of private. I think they're actually the the only, one of the few countries that don't care for the elderly anyway. As mm. you you have to pay for your own. There is no state pension or anything like that in America. So there's if you get ill when you're old and you don't have the money, then you die basically. You, you stay ill. Is this um a mixture between debt and the fact that the um Western populations have started dwindling and we can't actually afford to pay for a top balanced population? That so I was just going to say, inflation. All, all they'll do is just print more money, yeah, and it's... we'll really go into high, we'll really go into um, hyperinflation then. Yeah, we're in a very weird situation, aren't we, at the moment? Where I think the, the standard of living and the quality of life is has gone up to such an extent where we do have a very much an aging population. They're they're very old at the top of the the chain. It's almost becoming like an upside down Christmas tree because the young aren't breeding they're they're not having kids so we are in a population decline which essentially just means we're going to have a load of old people that are not productive that are only taking from society now but unfortunately but 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 this is why they took out the um the age limit you know you had to retire at 65 because they saw this coming but it wasn't to be nice because people love working it was because mm, we need people working yeah but what's even worse about it, right, is essentially this is a Ponzi scheme. We know it is fear is a Ponzi scheme. So um, what essentially has happened is obviously the, the people being paid off now in their pensions are just being paid off with our money. You're, you're paying yes. off the, 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 the people that originally in the scam are being paid off by the new people being scammed. But yes. because we're on an upside down Christmas tree where there's not going to be enough people to pay the people at the top, essentially it collapses. Uh, because because yeah the young aren't breeding um aren't having kids so there's less and less of us so eventually in the next it wouldn't surprise me yeah, around 2035 probably around then would be my guess for when pensions completely get stolen because there essentially there's no point right it's it's like what's happened to to celsius you know um ftx all these once once your debt is so high that's just like your your hole is Four billion, say, but in quite government's terms, it's going to be forty to four hundred billion. Once you, once you have like, let's say, let's just say your debt is four billion. Once you only have one billion in the bank, you don't even bother paying out the billion because <laughs> you just go, "There's three billion hole here, so we're just going to steal the billion, and we can't get in any yeah. more trouble." You can't, can you? It's, it's, no, no, yeah, three billion of losses or four billion. It's just, it's the same. What, and what's the difference of having 90% of your customers pissed off or 100%? It's still the same level of criminal act, criminal activity, really. So you might as well run off of the money before it's all gone. Well, That's what I think is going to happen in around. I, I think something back. slightly different, which is why we're being pushed along the CBDCs, because we always, as Bitcoiners, talk around it's a complete control system. It's a um, it's basically a digital food token when you when you're a good boy. But I think it's actually being put in place so they can inflate the monetary supply when they want and afford all these different programs. And if a company starts trying to raise their price, so we discussed it in the group, um, I think it was around increases in telecom bills. 
You're saying how come and I was yeah. like wages have gone up because wages because their demands have gone up because their bills have gone up. So they have to pay, pay employees 10% more. Then also their raw materials have gone up by 40%. And it's like that. So you want to charge 40% more for steel. No one can buy your steel for a month. Yeah. And I think that is what is going to happen with CBDC, where they're going to lock companies out or producers out until they actually start behaving and get back in line. Yes. So Basically, at the moment, there's, there's barely any private companies that exist anymore. They they killed them all over lockdown. So yeah. All the businesses we buy from, like 90% of people are buying online. They're, yeah, they're, they're buying off like five. Yeah, but you're companies. talking about the... Um, the um small companies i'm talking more medium to big you know so i'm saying like these big big ones who've got massive power and can just raise their powers governments will be like um you know i'll literally go to the us and go no one pay um you know shell today i'm shell need to learn yeah but it'll be something along those lines if you do realize come on these huge companies and the governments they're one and the same the, the real enemy here is blackrock and vanguard they sit above governments on these huge companies it's all one and the yeah. same so so when so when yeah like when o2 put my bill up by 14 percent, that isn't really there's no cbdc in the world where a government will come in and go oh stop that o2 o2 just drive more profits down the bottom line to vanguard and blackrock they want those prices as high as they can and, <laughs> yeah. and in reality Oh, what are you going to do? Move to another mobile phone company? Okay, they own them as well. Oh, and guess what? They're up by 40%. They'll doing, as well. Yeah, they'll be doing the... There's only like three providers. 14.4 as well. It's, it's just, the, the, like the illusion of choice. It's like what we get with our government um, kind of leaders. You, know, you have two different people, one with a red tie, one with a yellow tie, and you just go, they're both the fucking same. And it's the same with mobile phones, media, insurance, banking. You go for, go through everything, like your shopping. Yeah energy but, but i think this is where it's got to it's got to hit a point where there's got to be some control and that's why i yeah. kind of think that there's going to be another side to the cbdc and it isn't going to be good it's going to be a completely dominated environment by that kind of like upper crust of elites oh, yeah. Um, yeah. or you've got the other thing which is you will own nothing and you'll be happy because yeah. they will be your feudal lords it will be a techno feudalist listic system um but you'll be happy don't worry and you'll eat gruel which is factory produced because it's too expensive to um farm cows i just want to uh double back on what i said by the way because i've been able to uh locate the interview on what lynn said it was social security to be exact okay so uh, yeah so social social security payouts would not be able to happen by the year 2035 and she then went on to say that um they wouldn't be able to pay out because the money wouldn't be there but that doesn't mean that they wouldn't have any money because of course they would then have the money from the taxes but we all know that even though they tax us whatever they do which is a hell of a lot already the tax money that they get is still insufficient so in the year 2035 there could be potential haircuts for people with money in the bank which again comes back to those people that are using bitcoin will avoid this and then equally um 
if you're on CBDCs as well, um, you know, they might try to to cut the coupons but and why the digital do they, coupons. But why do they need to do haircuts when they can just inflate the monetary supply? Why not do both? Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, they give you a haircut and you don't even know because they've inflated the monetary supply by so much. Yeah, no, that's why I think, a, I think a haircut will lead to riots. Whereas people just go, oh, it's just inflation. It's great, greedy company. It's not the fact they printed 40% more money in the last two years. But it will happen slowly because we're talking about the year 2035. You know, so yeah. it, by that point, it will have already been creeping up. You know, the signs are there now, 12 years earlier. I, you know, someone do the quick maths on what number pod we'll be on by then. <laughs> and uh, and ultimately, we can look back and say, pod 89, I told you so. Yeah. Um, I think the kind of the other flip side of this, like the 2035, is in the UK, I think we have a lot of immigration from India. And I read a stat today, and I think they've either topped out or they're very close to topping up before they go into a population decline. So the same the UK won't be able to depend upon immigrants coming in to top up our population for so long because literally, you know, that's what we need in order for the keen in um system to function, is we need to be able to print more money, more money to be swelling around because of growing population. But if you have a dwindling population, it backfires more quickly. Yeah. Um, so any Ponzi scheme, you've got to have more people at each layer. The second there's less yeah. people in the layer, it collapses. So literally, you know, at the moment we're kind of going, oh, we don't want immigrants. We don't want immigrants. And the conservatives are like, yeah, to the media, we don't want them. And we're like, come in, come in, come in, yeah. come in. <laughs> and you realise what's going on. Yeah, just done some quick maths. We'd be on around about six hundred and uh six hundred and seventy-seven minus five percent for holidays and yeah. <laughs> Oh wow. Uh, but yeah, but it's, it's like I always said, it's um if they don't steal your pension completely and this go bust, they'll just steal it through uh taxes. So people well, don't the, the main reason why people do pensions is they say it's tax efficient. And I go, okay. What tax are you going to be paying in 30 years' time? Oh, you don't know? How do you know it's tax efficient then? You think it is. They can change the rules at any time. And you're talking about a 30-year period? And, and <laughs> it, that sounds like a crazy gamble to me. In this case of, oh, no, but the, it's been fine now. It's ta- if, you're, if you're retiring tomorrow, yeah, it's tax efficient. Mm. Hang on, maybe maybe you did all right. You you managed to survive in a world where, in in the fifty years from since nineteen seventy one till now, where fiat was booming, and you you rode it up. And uh, well, this might I be a think... good time actually just to to pivot because there's other people that have been riding it up in the NFT land, and you had some. You had some conversations today, didn't you? I had uh, some interesting conversations today, and like our toxic Bitcoin Maxi group for articulating the views that you heard and uh <laughs> you almost seem to be believing them yourself and it was just gone go yeah. what, what happened today Do you know so obviously i've got to be respectful as is uh, yeah. as a customer toxic. but um We're toxic but, but we are toxic <laughs> we are we are toxic here and um I, I was just simply sitting back and learning and like understanding learning as in why as in why would you do this but be challenging so challenging at the <laughs> same time being like but you do know x and you do know y so ultimately it was uh 
there's various different metaverses in which you can buy NFTs on, and the NFTs are not interoperable. I'm sure potentially many listeners already know this, although I'm sure the listeners that listen to this podcast know that we're only Bitcoin only, so you might not know this. But ultimately, let's say you buy on platform A, you can then not just then take your digital NFT that you own to then go on to another metaverse. Can you not just upload the JPEG to their website? No, I'll know you've broken scarcity. Uh. Yeah, well, well, you know, apparently, so Marvel released their NFTs on one platform and DC released theirs on another. And you can't go on to the other to show off your Marvel and vice versa. And then, you know, effectively, you know, I know we talk about disc plates, you know, you've got a couple of disc plates there in the background. Um, there should be, uh, you know, a display NFT frame company, I'm sure, that where people will want to show it off or show their digital art off in real life. Ah, but only if they're allowed to take it off. What, what was this guy's salute? Is he building the platform that's going to be the one? Suit no, he's like he's just people. buying and selling and holding. He think that he thinks there's going to be one blockchain to rule it all. All the NFTs are going on to one platform. There needs to, there needs to be a what? Yeah, there needs to be. So it's but I said effectively you can see NFT metaverses collapsing. You'll see NFT metaverses consolidating as well. Like we were saying, to the outside public, it'll look like there's lots, but really there'll be one or someone will build a layer over the top for someone to then just, you know, be able to do all of this. But it's not there right now. I see the application in uh, online gaming uh, in terms of, you know, we already you already do it, whether it's a FIFA pack or uh, a skin on Call of Duty or something like that. The question is then, what what does the blockchain add to it? Because, yeah, exactly. you, you already have scarce items in games. We know they're not really scarce. It's just that no. the centralized entity says there's only a 1,000 Ronaldos. So yep. if you can get a Ronaldo, then you're going to be you're gonna be buzzing for your team. But we know if, if I could get a job there, I could add 10,000 Ronaldos into the game. And, but the... But then they could delete them again because it's an editable database, right? Correct. Why do you need a blockchain to, to have FIFA packs? Yeah. What, oh, does the, what, does the, what does the stamp on the blockchain do? In, in, with the art thing, you can give them art anyway. You could send them an email. You could just send them a tweet. Like, there you go. You, 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 sim- you simply... Game, isn't it? You literally, you get a little picture of the guy and you yeah. get to play him. That's the whole... Point you simply just game. don't understand because you're a bigot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when he goes. The funny thing is about NFTs, right? Is it seems to be we're, we're in FIFA land, right? You buy a pack, and yeah. it's almost like the NFTs came secondary. They realized they could make these um, little micro payments, which quite quite grew to macro payments, really. Like well, yeah, I would say macro payments yeah. now, paying yeah. thousands for these packs. But like the obviously the the upside of it is you pay for the pack. And you get to play for the player, how the player plays for you, and he's a better player than you had before, and all that kind of stuff. In NFT land, they've done it the other way. It's like, oh yeah, buy the JPEG, buy the flat image of something, whether it be a football player or an ape or whatever. And, and at some point in the future, you'll be able to play with this guy in a game. 
but none of the games ever launched. And yeah. maybe, well, maybe the odd one did, but they were awful. Nowhere near as good as any of this. this name the shittest game on like the PlayStation 1, and that's still better than an, an NFT game. So it's just it's like they've got the cart before the horse. It's like they yeah. need to have the platform in the game, and then maybe you can sell add-ons and little things yeah. to produce. And it's the whole pay-to-play thing. I, I don't we covered this as well. Where the blockchain Absolutely. comes in. It, just, it doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Yeah, we covered this because we talked about uh, like Decentraland and the sandbox as well, and where people are buying pockets of land in this digital world. And it's like, okay, that's great. And they are obviously paying macro payments for this. But who's to say that anyone's ever going to use it in the future? And again, as well, it's the same like any shit co- it's the same as any shitcoin project, isn't it? It always ends Where's up with promises for future. Yeah. And once you've given them all your money or the public's given them all their money, where is the um, drive or the need yeah. to actually complete the work? So they've already got your money. They don't give a shit. They've just raised a billion. Yeah. Bye, sucker. We've seen it with, um, oh, what's sucker. his name? Logan Paul. He's yeah. done it three times, hasn't he? Some dino egg thing, stick dicks. And what was his crypto called? Dink oh, yeah, Dink, yeah, Dink Doink. I swear there's another <laughs> one as well. I think there's yeah. four, actually, which he's done rug pulls on. You yeah, know, collector of them all. Oh, God, I wish I could get a hold of some stick dicks, but they're just rare now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do feel we're kind of like going on a tangent because we said we're Bitcoin only, but we're now spending our time talking about shitcoin. Yeah, so much so that I had to do my recurring Tuesday buy. <laughs> um, just just to make myself feel better. Yeah, no, it's just it's just good because I think um the I think it's, I think if it arises organically, I think it's good because obviously you've had yeah. someone talking about it today. And then I just want to give Mrs. No Show a shout out purely for the fact that they were obviously at an event today watching a presentation where someone clearly is way too balls deep in their NFTs, went so far to say that in the metaverse there will be AI. The AI will need insurance, uh, and you we even need insurance to allow real-life humans to give their estates to AI. Because I heard it so all this, um, heard how do you pronounce the train it? How do you pronounce yeah. that word? Waifu? A waifu, yeah. Yeah, that so basically this guy blatantly has a waifu and he is planning on having a digital waifu. <laughs> But this was yeah. this is this is like this isn't even at a crypto bullshit shitcoin event, is it? This is at a proper this insurance. Is insurance. Everyone sat there in fucking shirts and ties and all that, being really serious. And fair play to Mrs. No Show, she was recording some of it. We could hear the audio. <laughs> this was real. This was real. The, the guy was literally got even questioned on it, going, "How can you give?" an AI, your estate, like, what are we doing? Why would you ever have a world that goes to an AI? And he just answered it going, an AI will be like your real wife or girlfriend. It will be the same. And it'd be, it'd be, that, you go, it, it would be world? easier though, wouldn't it? You could train me AI. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, well, it's thought. not real though, is it? Like, it's, an AI is just a... It's an, well, um, but you say this, but there's you know people who give away their estates to like catteries or their yeah, cat yeah. or their dog. So 
you know, you're saying in what world people will do it, but it'll still be a minority. This will not be the majority, which does this kind of stuff. There'll yeah. be the people who shag pillows who do but this. Thing is, though, at least if you're giving it to the cattery, right? The cattery fucking exists. It's down the road. And I get it. Like giving to charity and giving to worthwhile event like causes. That's fine. I have nothing against that. You probably should give to your But when you give family, it to but... um when you give it to Mr. Mittens who's 17 years old and is overdue to die. <laughs> where's it go once Mr. Mittens dies? Well, I also oh, yeah. I also had a different view of uh, the whole insurance thing is that they're seeing this as a way to prey on people and obviously mm. to exploit them out of more money because People won't put in the work that is needed. We know this. Humans are lazy. They won't put in the work to actually understand Bitcoin and everything else is a gamble, right? So when they do that, they'll be, they'll be preying on you to be like, oh, you could lose your AI. You could lose your crypto. You could lose your stick dicks. Give it to us. We'll look after it and we'll retain the security for you. And, and really, it's just money for old rope. So they're looking at the, you know, the addressable market and seeing that all of this money, how can they get a piece of it? Yeah. And all I can From, see is they're going to have to write the T's and C's so carefully because like, there's not a single Bitcoin that would ever take out insurance on their Bitcoin. Like We all know we're self-sovereign. I don't need any mm. insurance company to come help me out. I know if I lose my Bitcoin, I lose my Bitcoin. It's my own fault. Yeah. So the only people taking this on are going to be NFTs and shitcoiners. Now, these people are morons, mainly, and they're going to lose their bit, their, their shit coins all the time. They're either going to scam uh, and they're just going to do silly things. They're going to get hacked. So the insurance companies, imagine like I, I'm some moron of all these dumbass NFTs, right? And then I'll just post my seed into the first email that comes through to go, oh, your ledger's been hacked. Type in your seed here to un, to un, like, to re-secure it. They're just going to type it in. All the NFTs are going to go flying off. Well, so what happens here? Can I just phone up my insurance company and go, oh, yeah, I just um, got hacked. I want my my money back. It doesn't make any sense. It's just exactly. it's not insuring this type of space, right? It's just one of those things where... Yeah, people lose it through negligence and that kind of stuff which they're doing. Like, you know, if you had a car or cash and someone said, I am FedEx... You owe me fifty pounds to have this parcel. So you go, here's your fifty pounds, and then you open the parcel. It's just a brick. Yeah. But yeah. um your insurance house insurance is gonna go, fuck off, you're an idiot. And that's what we're doing with the NFTs. They will not pay out. Yeah. Well, it's it's literally there. In, in using that analogy, it's like someone just phoning you up going, send me your car keys. And you're like, mm. okay. <laughs> you Who are you? I'm your bank. <laughs> you, you, post, you post the car keys to them and then they turn up the next day and drive your car off and like, oh, didn't know that's gonna happen. And <laughs> like your your, your insurance wouldn't pay out either then. And and that doesn't even address the scams, right? How many people have we seen that are pretending to be hacked or you know, literally FTX and all that the last the last couple of days? They're like, oh, we got hacked, bro. The last like couple of hundred million got hacked. So what? Yep. You, you get, you, and how do you prove these things? You know, it's just because it's all freaking digital. Which addresses are what, and what it all goes across um, different jurisdictions. You know, I could be sending money to Thailand. They could then send it to China, to Russia, and it, this is it's just a whole different ball game, right? And for the, for insurance companies to try and get involved in this space, they they're either going to get fleeced or 
they're going to have to just sell products to complete morons that have so many caveats in that basically means every time they ring up to claim, they can't claim because there's a yeah. caveat in there. But it's just another, another little insight into kind of, I think, we're still very much, I think, in the space of blockchain, not Bitcoin in the corporate yes. world. Anyway. Unfortunately, it's coming, isn't it? Uh, and That's- you can see it. It's sad because it, like obviously when I left the corporate world about five years ago now, that was where we were as well. We were in Bitcoin's great, but it's probably failed as money, probably not that exciting. But blockchain's where it's at. This is the exciting thing, and this is what we need to be building all our businesses on: identity, insurance, media, all this stuff is all going to get. And I thought during all the crash and the explosion that all the NFTs went to shit. All the shit coins have gone to shit. They're all down like 99.7% now. They're like mm-hmm. you think the enthusiasm and people wouldn't have the balls to get on stage and go the metaverse and NFTs and AI of NFTs is somehow the future. But it happened today. And uh, unfortunately, it probably just means, it, in my mind, it goes, well, we need to go lower then, don't we? We all go lower. Yeah. 99.7% wasn't enough for them. We've got to go down another, like, because the good thing about the NFTs, if they've gone from 100 grand down to, like, one grand, we can still go another 90% from there. They, they need to go to 10. or they need to, We just need to go lower just to completely destroy that space and go, because, come, come on, like, I, I don't want the next evolution of whatever scam bit to be. It's just NFTs with AI. I'm like, oh, come on, maybe it will be. AI maybe seems maybe that is the next stage because we've been scratching our heads, but I do feel like we're spending too much time talking about NFTs and shit coins, like even for right. me. And you know that I'm a lover of shib and dink doink. All right, let's move on then. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, let's uh, let's kick off pod 89 with the first story. And uh, we are covering off Bitcoin addresses that hold over $10 is at an all-time high, which I think is worthwhile mentioning, given the fact that we also covered off how to be in the top 1% of Bitcoiners, right? So uh, that was in pod 87, I think it was. Uh, So ultimately, you know, $10 is nothing. And you could even get that from some exchanges giving out um referrals right and just holding that you just do some shit coin lessons on coinbase to get your ten dollars yeah you don't have to put a single apart from when we suspend you from it (laughs) yeah the entire fucking apartment yeah (laughs) Yeah. um so this is happened just and i was looking at the chart and there's a couple of peaks going through here so it was around about march 2021 and then Around about November twenty one, and then slightly, then what's it in about March twenty two as well, and then we hit again this year. So there's been a couple of peaks where it's kind of like touched. And I, I think to myself, what would cause these peaks? So lately, right. I'd love to know how has Nigeria impacted this because we know that it's a big issue. We know that um, Argentina's got big issues. We know that Turkey's had big issues. And so there's been things floating around there which could have impacted that. And I'd love to know, well, if it was ever possible, are those Bitcoin addresses, where are they based? 
Because mm. that'd be lovely to know what's actually been the driver for that. Because at the moment I'm looking and thinking, it's good, there's a Bitcoiner, but what's the cause? Yeah, I, I imagine you I imagine you're right. Because obviously if, if you we're obviously looking at a chart here. Actually, I could share it if you want. Yeah. How do I share my screen? Did, did, did that one share? So yeah, so we're looking at this chart here. So as, as you can see, like the the charts of what Bitcoin addresses with ten dollars and the overall price of Bitcoin, it virtually follows. You know, it's it's a mirror image, really. But you can see yeah. there's a divergence around, you know, the the middle to the end of 2021, where the price doesn't really follow because typically been a lagging indicator, right? It's it's below, it's below the price. But now the the Bitcoin that has over ten dollars in it of addresses is actually above the line. So you said that the the whale accounts have gone down, but the ten dollar ones have gone up. So you're ending up with poorer people taking on what I take from it, which is why I'm drawn towards a kind of like Nigeria, Argentina, Turkey hypothesis. Yeah, yeah, and Salvador's as well. Yeah, I I, I I think you're probably spot on. Yeah, because in El Salvador's the, uh, a very good shout. Actually, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, there it is. Right, El Salvador wasn't that around the middle of 2021. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so September. Uh, so I, I think what's happened here is as the price declines, what tends to happen is, you know, without being any big surprise, people sell their Bitcoin, right? We we know people yeah. come in, don't believe it, the price goes down, the amount of Bitcoin holders goes down. But this time in 2021, the price went down, but the, the, the number of people holding $10 held. And it's still following the pattern, largely, but it, there was a big decline around the end of 2021, 2022, that it didn't decline with the price and we stayed higher. And now we're all-time highs when the price has taken a little bit of an uptick, but fundamentally, as this post says, Bitcoin is still 65% down from all-time high. So um, if you have another look at it as well, so when was the last all-time high? Was it January 2018 or December? It was November, November 2021, wasn't it? All time. So, yeah, by the way, it was September 2021 for El Salvador. So, that would be spot on. So, you've got the 2017 peak there. And if you look, it kind of balances off afterwards. So, you've got the peak and it goes as people bin it off, it kind of um, disappears. But then you've got your new level of hodlers. So, you've got this amount of accounts are holding Bitcoin. Um, so you kind of got the new believers as such the people that go, I believe that Bitcoin's the next thing. And I think it is quite representative, but it is quite weird in that there's no, it's actually the highest it's ever been now. Yes. So if you look back at Jan mm. 18, you got the highest amount of holders, but then it, it definitely decreases when you get it to level off afterwards. Yeah. And I think that I didn't realize this until we were discussing it, but it's the, it's the classic, you know, they talk about the golden cross and all that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those where, like I said, the 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 amount of holders that people had ten dollars of Bitcoin, it was always behind the price, but now we're above it, and it's just seemingly the gap of the price and how many people hold ten dollars is just getting wider, which suggests that the amount of people believing in Bitcoin is massively on the pump at the moment. It's on the rise, and the price just hasn't caught up yet. Well, um, it's also those countries as well, like, you know, they're having no choice. Like the Nigerian government are, are destroying their currency. I think we covered that about four or five pods ago. Yeah. Argentina, we talked about it constantly. They've been doing it for 100 years. These people are fleeing to Bitcoin. Yeah. 
Uh, I'd, uh, I'd probably keep a, a look on that, a close look, and just see that continuing to go higher and higher. Yeah, the only thing that surprises me, actually, is that the number's still relatively low on the number of wallets that have that. It's, it's about 25 million that has over $10 of Bitcoin. So mm. we need uh, 1,000x on that number. You know, that, that should be 2.4 billion people have $10 of Bitcoin not 24 million so again for anyone that thinks that they're too late uh bitcoin's gone 24 million people have 10 dollars of bitcoin or at least and that's addresses actually that's addresses there's actually less addresses yeah people have multiple addresses you know i know i have tens so that 24 million in reality probably represents i know 10 million people yeah that literally means 10 million people in bitcoin really that's kind of that's kind of like not only is this early, it's just freaking you're still an early adopter, you're still virtually in the innovator phase. And, and people say they're too late. Yeah. So we go for there's probably 10 million unique wallets. Let's go for that estimate. Really, the next big one is then hundred million. So when we're starting to get decent size adoption to the size of a big country, and then a billion's obviously another landmark then. Yeah. A billion means you've won. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. I think a hundred million is pretty much you're starting to take over multiple countries, and that is a real big landmark. So that's the one which I'll be that's bigger than UK, for. bigger than the entire UK in Bitcoin. Which oh, is... it, it depends how many people we can try and import to make sure we can keep the Kingdom <laughs> Fiat fraud going. Yeah. Oh man. But then uh, we um, have Jack Dorsey back on the pod. I was going to say, what what do you think could influence that? And the one, the key thing for me is uh, CBDCs. So when people realise what CBDCs are, and we know, I think... A few good, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, so they say in the 87 different um, global projects that are happening amongst various different governments, you know, it would only take a percentage of all of those individual countries' populations to then think, I don't think this is good. I'll get a bit of Bitcoin on the side of it. So, you know, we've always said that even though the CBDCs are bad, they're actually also good because they'll actually highlight the benefits of free money. They'll only punish bad people. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it, it, a lot of the people that use fiat now, they they buy everything hook, like hook, line, and sinker. That you know, they're not talking out about lockdown. They're not talking out about stolen elections, Ukraine war, and all that type of stuff. Like mm. it's going to be us that gets punished. And then, and if anything, it, with the CBDC world, the incentive will be when we get punished, our friends and family will also get punished to a certain degree, and go, oh, you can't have this this week because you are associated directly with someone that is now banned from this and it will list you. And I know I'm going to be listed there like, because you're associated with Mr. All In, you can't buy your bread this week or something. So my mum will be ringing me up being like, stop chatting shit on Twitter. Like, <laughs> I can't buy any bread. I'm like, sorry, mum, the government needs to have it. And um, I'll buy you some bread with some Bitcoin and I'll send it around. Don't worry. But that's the way they control because that's literally what happens in China. Anyone think yeah. this is a conspiracy theory or anything? You know, their whole WeChat yeah, thing, up. that's exactly how it happens. That you have a credit score that exists in WeChat. And if you talk out about the government, if they think you're doing something wrong, 
they will either freeze your accounts or limit you to various things, not let you travel on trains and all that type of stuff. And well, not only what... they do it to you, they, they punish the people connected to you. So those people then go, look, you either need to stop doing what you're doing or I have to cut myself off from you. So when you do something wrong, I don't get punished too. And that's the best way. Like the best way, like what's the way to get someone like me, right? You can do anything you want to me. I'm going to go, fuck you. Then you, But then you limit my mum from going shopping. I'm like, motherfucker. Because like that's how you yeah. control me. Like, then I'm like, well, okay, I'll be quiet. So you leave my mum alone. And it, that, that's how you do it. It's, it's a very clever control technique. Were you going to say something, Dr. Eva, to Tim? No, I just, yeah, I just, I'm looking forward to the first country to have CBDCs in, introduced. I think Trudeau will be want to be the first. And that'll be an absolute clusterfuck because he'll want to do everything straight away and get that control. And oh, I think it may... how nice his WEF crown will be when he gets that. Back. Yeah, but imagine if he gets the CBDCs and he just starts trying to do things, you know, like that. It just it opens up to what it is straight away. So it's a test country. Bang! Yeah. He wants to restrict people. He wants to do this and this, and everyone goes, "Oh shit! Look at what he's doing!" Like Weird because. Thing, he... He did it anyway, didn't he? Even in the fiat world, he he yeah, broke bank say. accounts. They, they, all the truckers they threatened to put down dogs, take children off the truckers. Yeah, so he, he kind of did it anyway, but it just would have been even easier if he had CBDCs. He could. Yeah, I I box. just I hope that Canada is the first country, just because I think it's the best chance. Well, in you the world, say the first world country, team. but. You know, as we said, China is doing. No, I said first right Western now. country. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Because um, mainstream news and media won't cover that because it will reveal their plans straight yeah. away. I just think everybody. that you know, everyone's like, "Oh, China, it's dystopian. It's China." Yeah, yeah. Whereas Canada, everyone's like, "Oh, they're so nice." And Trudeau, he's so good looking, and he must be nice. He's a liberal. <laughs> and yeah. it's just like, but he did this and this, and they're just like. You sound like a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, he, he literally arrested people for 60 days and then brought out a new law that went, if you abandon your animal for 30 days or more, we will kill it. <laughs> it's like, well, hold on. You're holding me for 60 and I have my dog with me. Are you going to kill my dog? They're like, <laughs> looks, looks like you left your dog for 60 days. And, and it was like days. anyone at the protest, you're obviously not taking care of your children. They'll be taken off you. And slaughtered. <laughs> or, or taken to Epstein Island yeah fed directly <laughs> to Bill Gates <laughs> he'll, teach oh, programming. he'll teach them how to code and they will have a fantastic life <laughs> and maybe sold on Balenciaga yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway, next one. So Jack Dorsey's new lightning service, is it called C-Equals? Is that how it's said? Or is there some special way of saying it? Mm, I think so, yeah, C-Equals, yeah. So my yeah. understanding of this is it's a way to almost have a commercial business to get the lightning up to full capacity. Is that what it fundamentally is? Yeah. Um, does it? Remember we talked about... Um, so. Lightning is kind of like your highways. So what was the thing which is the inter kind of like town and village connectivity because there was a further development which everyone was looking at on top of lightning? Yeah, there was, yeah. Um, I forget the term now. 
it's just you know my kind of question is how does that fit into this because it's a really interesting area but obviously it's relatively new so it is quite hard to um you know understand the concepts yeah well i I think yeah i think it's like lighthouses or something but yeah but essentially you don't want those hubs anyway and this is why this is both good and bad but i think in the in the early stages i think jack absolutely understands so one of the problems of lightning at the moment is you you literally need to have a lightning channel between yourself and who you want to pay yeah so if you're if you're paying a huge like provider then chances are you will be able to find a path through and you'll be able to pay that person but if anyone that's used lightning like you can have plenty of um, payments will fail you know you don't lose your money or anything bad like that it just means that the payment the, the transaction will fail because it couldn't find a route through the lightning network to get it to the destination it can't find enough hops in in, in the chain it's like a big mesh network it's literally like my um my internet that i have here at my house the 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 provider i use can't service my property what it can do is service a a load of houses that are close and they pass on the internet connection to others and others and others and others and eventually it gets to me and then they use me to pass it on to others so they create this mesh network that's very similar to lightning where you can't reach everyone but you just need to reach reach some but what we what the problem in lightning at the moment is is just people opening up a load of channels uh, and there's, there is a cost of opening up a channel. You need to fund it. So if you want to to pass, say, you know, 100,000 Satoshis um, from one place to another, you have to put 100,000 Satoshis in that channel and just leave it there. And then you have to put another 100,000 Satoshis as the payment, and then it, it trans- transports it. So you need liquidity in the channels as well. So what Jack seems to be doing here is setting up a company which opens up a shit ton of channels and then provides liquidity for those channels so they can be used, which should just make payments across the network to, to, to be more reliable, uh, which, which absolutely is, is required. If, if we were going to get, because at the moment, I think the people using Lightning are kind of hardcore Bitcoiners. And we, we all know that sometimes when you do a Lightning transaction, it fails. And I know what I tend to do is just do it again. Uh, yeah. and, and, and sometimes I'm doing it with someone on Twitter or something. And we'll actually open up a channel with each other and just go, look, have you got a node? And they're like, yeah. So, okay, let's, let's just fire and open, open up a lightning channel. And I, I can't pay you at the moment. So can you open up a channel and I'll just pay you? That's how we're fixing these issues. That is not ready for mass adoption, right? Really. Uh, so something like what Jack's doing here will go, okay, you don't need to DM the person on Twitter and open up a lightning channel between the two of you because 99% of even Bitcoiners don't know how to open up a lighting channel because they've never done it. I doubt you guys have ever done it. No, no. <laughs> so, so that's well, point is there it. a um, is there a business opportunity by independently opening up lightning channels for people and then taking a cut of like one two percent? Yeah, you you take a, a, a tiny fee. So there yeah. is there is be, being part of this like doing the transactions, but obviously Lightning is near zero transaction fees. Yeah. So I know some people that have set it up and they were like the, they set up a load of channels that were connected to big stores and stuff. And I I think they they managed to make like a couple of grand a month or something from that, Mm. but that's doing millions of transactions. So 
you're nowhere near the one or two percent. You know, that is that's the dream world. This is 0.01 percent. Because because lightning, like you don't even notice it, right? It's it's to the point where you don't notice it. You know, if, if I was to if I was to send you literally like say 50p of fiat, I would get charged 50.01p to send it to you, right? Like literally one or two sats. So I don't even notice my 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 balance doesn't even display the mm. fact that the fee is gone. Whereas if I sent it on the main chain, the you know the fee would be between 10p and a pound worth of fiat. You definitely see that. So that's where obviously the miners make the majority of their money. But in Lightning, yeah. I, I guess you know it's one of those, isn't it, where the, the the core network is designed for for the big transactions in Lightning. At the moment, there's no money in it really. But I guess if this happened and Jack is right and he um he makes a shit ton of the very important Lightning um connections and then trillions of transactions come this way it'll be an absolute gold mine because he got there yeah. first. This is almost like building the first roads in yeah. the new country that no one wants to go in yet. But then suddenly you have all the toll roads on it and you go, exactly. oh, every time you pass, it's just 0.01p and everyone's like, that's fine. And he goes, there's only 10 and people there's no going through a day now. Really there's going to be a billion people a day coming through this. And uh, suddenly, and the thing is with this type of thing as well, like you only set up the, the channels once really. Once they're set up, they're set up. And um, I think the network even um, has built into it preferences of if the channel worked before, then put it higher up in the choices next time. So yeah. if he creates a load of high confidence channels, then yeah, he will be the center of the lighting network. And yeah, he will make a shit ton once the transactions start flowing through. So the one, um, I was just going to say the one which we talked about was Fediment. So Fediment kind of sounds like it's, um, it goes on top of a layer to kind of like deal with those gaps, um, which we were talking about. So it does sound like it still would work with the proposition which um, Jack's putting forward. Because um, I dug it out and put it put it in the chat, but it's not one which I think we've touched ever since. It's not one which I've actually come across on Bitcoin Twitter since we've talked about it as well. Yeah, no, I forgot what. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't covered it since. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll come back to it. But it looks good. I, I love I love like Jack's naming of his companies at the moment. Like this is from a company called TBD, for, and the business underneath that company is and it's called C equals. Yeah, he's just going so meta with all this, and he's. Just... <laughs> Uh, what I was going to say is um, he's also feeding into classic network effects. So what you said there, Mr. Orlin, is if everything works, people are just uh, prone to just saying, okay, I'll just use that. And if more people use it, it's like seeing if there's a big queue outside of a store, you're more likely to go to the one which has the larger queue as opposed to the one with the smaller one because you think, oh, right, well, these guys must know something that I don't know, so I'll join them as opposed to being the rogue and going to the other one. And so um, I think he is doing the classic first mover um, first mover advantage. Yeah, and apparently it's live now. So... um. I'm gonna have to connect my life. Life, life. 
apparently it's all active and sequels has a node and is is there. I have to find its um CLN. Oh, see lightning is not anyway. I'm trying to Google it now to try and find out to connect to it, but yeah. Watch this space. Get it on. Oh. Did you, did you? I bet no many of you actually watched the episodes back here, really. Not really. No. I tend to watch. I hate watching them. Listening to myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit cringe. Yeah, I need yeah. to like it. But I did put in the Inflation Weekly jingle last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't go that far. No. What, what was the jingle? It'll be this now. Oh, Janet yelling that. Oh, Inflation Weekly. See. You can't see it, but I just played it. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so we're at the point of our favourite. Is it, is that going to be the uh, the symbol? <laughs> so, I don't know if you if you guys ever heard of Rick Glassman. I doubt you have. Only from what you said. Oh no, th- no, that's Cal Pilkington. This oh no, no, then no, no. Rick Glassman's a comedian. Oh my god, his podcast is one of the funniest podcasts ever. He is constantly just does this, like cut to a cut to a clip. Cut. Oh, Janet yelling that. Oh, Nation Weekly. Cut to a break. And his his clips and his breaks are just like complete nonsense and just funny. Like I kind of just stole it from him. But, but yeah, we I was one... hey, hey, if it works. Oh uh, yeah, I'll do just do this every week. Yeah. And if we get sued by Rick Glassman, that'd be, that'd be the happiest day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, talk so about it. Yeah, Dr. inflation Evil cannot wait. To, he's just like literally covering oh. his own mouth. Is, it, is this one? Is this one for you? <laughs> um, I don't think it was me who brought this. I think it's um, this is a late story to the agenda. Mister uh, All In. So yeah. it's on um, Marty Bent's website. So um, I had a read of it. Always quite interesting. So. Um, the title is Don't Forget Shrinkflation Isn't Included in Inflation Numbers. It's a really valid point because you do always forget and you know it's very common practice. Um, Basically, the article is a bit of text and it echoes kind of like um, the whole thing about inflation, but there's a lot of examples in there of where people have dropped things into Twitter and he's echoed them. So I, I actually got this when I was in Tesco the other day. I was buying some cat food. And it used to be 48 pouches. Um, now it's 40, same price. So that's a cut in 20%. Yeah, and that's and only CPI, happened over the last month. The CPI, Sorry? Would say, the CPI would say zero inflation. Yeah, it's still £13.70, but now it's 20% less. So it's absolutely phenomenal. These, um, I think there's things like canted tuna. There's, I think my, my favourite example, though, was it was some milk or oat milk or something like that went from two liters to 1.89 liters so very precise like they're trying to keep that you know make sure they don't get drilled too much on the profit margin but they need to um um take the reduction slightly so they don't want to go down to 1.75 or 1.5 because the customers will really notice it but it did make me wonder about some of the products so like deodorant so it's in those kind of like you know cans i don't know what they're made of is it aluminium mm. And yeah. um, they shrunk it by 10 or 15%. Um, and you're kind of going, isn't the can the most expensive thing? So you're still making it. You still got most of the cost there. 
Um, but there were a lot which were about 20%. So it does say to me, you know, people are, you know, trying to do their best with shrinkflation. And I think a lot of people are blaming greedy companies about this rather than actually realizing it's because of money which they, they've got has devalued. There you go. So sure yeah. deodorant. Yeah. I did wonder, you know, changing that packaging sizing, surely that's costing you more and what you're saving. Are some people just taking advantage of it yes. rather than just putting the price up? It's a thinner, thinner canister and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've seen it with Zero Coffee as well. Um, 100 grams down to 90 grams, um, but also an increase in price as opposed to staying the same price. There's um, a good example. I think it's near the end. It's Coffee Mate Whitener, whatever that is. I don't really understand what it is. So in the US, sometimes they have rather than milk, it's like a powdered milk. Fucking disgust me. There we yeah. go. It, it's their gulp. So they've decreased the size by, what is it, 10%. Yeah. But the price has gone up by... <laughs> Um, what's that 15%? 15 percent 15 percent yeah so it's actually 25 percent percent difference there in what they've done so that's one of the worst one it's just kind of going are we trying to fuck you there <laughs> i don't eat crispy I've, I've, found, I've found that um shrinkflation or even inflation on small items so you think you know it may only be a pound so uh chewing gum for example it used to be three packs for a pound now it's gone to one pound fifties so it's not necessarily shrinkflation it is inflation in terms of the price but that's a 50 percent markup now again on a pound it's nothing but if everything had a 50 percent markup you'd quickly notice it and obviously, it's hurt in the pocket. It sounds like you aren't supporting your government. We need more ESG policies and more lockdowns. You're not a patriot. <laughs> you should be deported. <laughs> um, well, when I say to my wife, do is um, I'll join Mrs. No Show as she's probably protesting somewhere in a, a gay rally. <laughs> all these things o- outside of Starbucks. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Um, but I remember saying to my wife about the lockdowns, I said, I hope this is worth it because the amount of inflation, which is going to happen, is going to be through the roof. Like yeah. this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. And if they aren't doing it at the appropriate time, we are fucked. And it's getting worse and worse. And what have we had in America? The Inflation Act. What do they do in the Inflation Act? They print shitloads of money for the first three years to compound the issue. And then they stop printing on, was it the fourth or fifth year? It's even worse than that. Five years of printing, five years of getting it all back. So they're hoping that the um, Republicans take over for that next five years then? Yeah, Biden's mm. and just after the printing. Can print it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like should be dead. Hand over the baton to another government. Yeah. You know, good luck. You've got to cut everything now. Guess what? They ain't going to cut shit. <laughs> <laughs> it should be dead by then. Yeah, yeah probably. But yeah, it's, it's crazy though, right? So literally not only do and it's, it's a great point because sometimes you go how do they get the cpi numbers so low like we know to a certain extent how they do it because they they take out the high inflation items and go oh that's a, an exceptional year 
and we take out the the outliers to, to get a sensible number of CPI, that sounds reasonable that when you look at it and then you suddenly go, what are the exception items this year? Oh, energy, beef, chicken. And you go, hold on, these aren't, that's not like a random like your computer game or you know the new the PS5 or something or or something just really random that yeah okay during any one year like yeah there's going to be exceptional items these are normal typical household it'd items be, so you can see the scam there but then when you look into it'd it be great more, to s- go on I was just going to say it'd be great to actually have a basket which Sean puts together off these items so housing either rental or bought energy so gas electricity water council tax right raises chicken or of the items which sean would typically use within a week so rice chicken potatoes carrots and yeah. collect that mm-hmm. blend cereals milks and put it together and go literally here's a hundred pound shop and here's the typical household items here's a car lease and everything else and fuel and go this is your actual increase because the cpi bucket is just even in the fiat world even believers in the keynesian process they know it's a pile of shit no one takes it seriously it's like real cpi.com just an actual real basket of goods and how it's changing yeah. is it what the cpi should be doing like if someone actually did it really yeah it'd be, it'd be great to know the real number because because as we know it, your energy's going up by in the hundreds of percent your meat's going up you know i, I had to buy some wood you know, th- this week, um, repairing a chicken coop that I'm trying to bring back to life. It's been in rack and ruin for at least a decade, I reckon. Just buying some long poles of of wood with some slats that that join it and some chicken wire. What what one right? How much do you reckon? Um, a three inch by three inch pole that's about seven foot tall. How how much do you reckon that will cost? I want to should, clue. Should cost no more than 15, 20 quid. Yeah, 90 pounds per pole. Yeah. So l- luckily, the only reason I even bought any of them was because I already have them, really. Just, the bottoms have rotten off, so I just need to buy. I bought like two or three of them to shove on the bottom so I can ch- chop them up. If I had to build a whole chicken coop for these things, it would cost yeah. me about 1,500 pounds just to buy, to build a tiny you know when you when you, at least i say tiny say it, it's um it's about 10 meters by three um unfortunately the, the poles are largely all there the price of wood is insane it's completely yeah. insane like it's just you can't build anything anymore and um and obviously then seeing this shrinkflation thing it's just you just go oh my god it's even worse than we think even if someone <laughs> was to track the basket of goods right You'd want the person tracking the basket of goods to go, oh, make sure the quantities quantities are the same because you can't just say a toothpaste or whatever. It has to be 100 mils of toothpaste because the the, the packets went down to 75. So <laughs> you have to buy one and a quarter packets really to have what you used to have. So it's kind of nuts that in the real inflation numbers, you know, we're being told it may be it's getting close to 10% on a bad month, but really it's probably around five. You look at this kind of stuff and go, look, the real price of items is going up by 15 to 20 and shrinkflation is also happening at 10 to 20 the other way. That means real inflation is around 40%. Yeah. And we all know the magic number is 50 to hit hyperinflation, which basically means we're out of control. 
this really could mean we are very close to hyperinflation here in the Western world. This is... So just had a quick Google while we're talking. And there's a website called the Food Foundation. Obviously, I haven't really checked upon it. And it's got some examples of baskets. So it's got men's and women's baskets. Typical, I think it's things like milk and whatever a man would buy. And it's currently saying the basket's about £51.81. Now, if we go back a year, it's saying it's £42.53. So that would be, it's an increase of roughly about £10. So that is 25% increase, isn't it? In how long? A year? Yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, that's the stuff where where the prices will be battered down because it's smaller items and mass produced. There's lots of subsidies across food on things like milk, grain, etc., Whereas you kind of like metals and raw materials where you see the typical price increases go through the roof. Yeah. It is nuts. I think I mentioned it before, but talking to the farmers out here, they're being paid not to farm. And they're trying to farm, they're they're trying to farm meat and they're being taxed and they have to keep badges alive, which give their cows TB and they're being incentivized to basically kill their cows and their sheep and their chickens because they're just too expensive and too difficult to run and almost being paid to do nothing. Oh, and I saw it, that on Jeremy Clarkson. Like, he wasn't allowed to kill badgers. It's just like, why? If there's yeah. TB in that area, kill them all. Yeah. No one seems to have a real answer to that. And it's, it's like the farmers say, quite yeah. me, and they, they're getting paid a fortune to not do farming. And you just go, why is the government paying people to not farm why wouldn't you just stay the fuck away and let farmers produce crops that the market wants and pay them a fair market rate for those goods they close down in the netherlands aren't they (laughs) what they close down a load of them in the netherlands and they're like oh they're really bad for environment it's just like well what about your fucking private yachts and private jets and you, get, um, and, you go, and you go, what? Food's bad for the environment. What would you rather the environment thrive and you'd be dead? Fucking idiot. Yeah. It just seem, I think it's a push towards um, plant-based goods. I was going to say what's going to be the alternative. And but when, I, the, but when I say plant, I mean factory-produced. The, 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 the thing is, what they know, right? This is the, Everything we talk about, really, whenever it comes to fear, they're preparing for the collapse. CBDC is preparing for the collapse moving away from real farming into giving a sludge, preparing for the collapse. It's so we're dependent. That, yeah, well, that's why the, the sludge. Yeah, But also and- what's really funny, so the fake meat and all these kind of like fake products, which are big vegan things, was um, in the last couple of weeks have been heavily linked fake? to cancer. Fake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I always thought you can't just produce something out of chemicals and now it's starting to come out. They're really fucking bad for you. Of course yeah. they are. Like, oh, Jesus, like, who who thinks that something grown in some lab is not going to be as good <laughs> with two hundred with two hundred ingredients? Yeah, and all artificial, as opposed to a grass fed cow, the most natural thing you can get. You know, it's it's so dumb, <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's kind of scary, right? Because the the farmers around me that they're, they're carrying on, but they're all aging. The farmers I talk to now, they're they're in their fifties. Their their dad's in the in, in his seventies, and once you can almost see that once they die out, what's happening 
is they sell off their land and, and by and large they sell it to people like me unfortunately but then also um just random companies that just buy up and it, they tend to be huge companies and or just to, to people that just don't do farming on the land which is people like me really where i don't do mass farming i'm looking to build citadel level farming for, for myself but i'm not going to contribute back into the into the, the the wider thing right so my land before was owned by them they sold bits of it off they used to have cat, cattle and stuff on, on my land they've cut a lot of that back now because of the tb and they'd rather just have, own loads of fields that they just shove a load of sheep on to keep it um cut nice and nice and them um, short but mm. they get paid to do nothing and you just go and once they die out like they're all their knowledge of how to do farming of cattle, sheep, chickens dies with them, and so slowly but surely, all the all these pe- these people are just disappearing. And before we know it, the only farms of cattle and sheep and like chickens they're going to be abroad somewhere on some mystical well, country. If and you've read your you cat history, you have to like I don't know, suck off Joe Biden or something. I don't know. But if you've read your history of like um, money and food, ultimately like US based in the seventies, when they caused mass inflation to get the food price down, they pushed super farms, and it's always a sign. So they went all these like small farms got knocked out of the way, and they made these super farms. So literally, they'd be, you know, that's where all the things like the caged hens came from, so the battery eggs and so on, because they just had the maximum amount of food per square inch on that farm and it was um i think the oh, head of treasury what they're called it was like get big or get out is what he said and it's basically when they cause the price to go so so up they incentivize all these super farms to come along in order to get the prices back down for the public and it is you know where do you go from now because you've got these super farms we import like beef from argentina where it's fuck cheap but they can't hide it anymore and that's why you're going onto the sludge and you can see all these vegans who are like, oh, beyond me. That's best, why it's Bill Gates was buying up all the farms. Oh, of course. He's growing fucking soy on it. <laughs> exactly. Like, he, I'll, and, he, and all, more importantly, he was buying up all the water sources as well. But mm. I'll give you an example. So you're kind of going, oh, that's a pile of rubbish. So what's he started slating lately? Uh, me? Pass. The vaccinations for COVID. Okay. What did he sell? What did he sell his position in a couple of months ago? <laughs> did, did he really? Pfizer. Yeah, I was listening. Where, where, where's the clip? I haven't seen the clip of Bill Gates late in the vaccinations. Um, I have a quick Google. I have to send it to you. But he's basically said, "Oh, they're not good enough." Blah blah blah. Then you know, not not very good at stopping transmission. Blah blah blah. And he said this a couple of months after he sold it. So there's. I read it and I've seen the clip and also it's mentioned again, which is why it's fresh in my mind because Joe Rogan had Russell Brand on his show and we talked about it. Right. Yeah. There seems to be that they've flipped the narrative to suddenly now. Oh yeah. It was in China. Yeah. The vaccines didn't work as if they're going, yeah, we, we, yeah, that's, that's the normal position. What, what you're saying, you're saying we don't admit that You, you don't have a win here. Like, Okay, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. Can you move on to the next story? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, next story is what we've always said, unfortunately, that they might do, and we covered it 
again in a couple of pods previously, which is Nationwide Bank and HSBC Bank for non-UK listeners and watchers are high street retail banks uh, typically found across the UK, but they are both cracking down on allowing the everyday average citizen to be able to off-ramp or on-ramp depending on, of course, on which way you're going, if you're buying and selling in terms of Bitcoin and uh, and onto exchanges. So essentially, if you have a nationwide bank account or a HSBC bank account, you can no longer send money to an exchange with their, uh, with their facilities. And naturally, you can't take money off and back into there. So this, of course is hurting the everyday man shout out to you and everybody else um and this is their way i guess of combating against bitcoin because if you do that then you have to of course go an alternative route so naturally you go to a bank that does allow you to do so maybe a monza or a revolut or so forth but they're also seeing the money that they get, which banks obviously um, profit from depositors. So when your monthly wage goes in, it's going out to things like this, and they don't want that to happen. And so to combat that, they'll crack down on allowing people uh, to take their money off. But it's, I mean, there's two, two sides to this one. There's a credit card and there's a debit card. So like the credit card, I'm kind of going, okay, I get this because it's gambling and you can't gamble against a credit card. Like you've got to pay it off. You can't be going, you know, I'm going to use all my credit card limit of 10 grand or whatever it is on ship or something. I mean, it sinks and you're fucked and you can't repay the bank. So it's to, it's in a way similar to, what do they call it? Responsible gambling. It's trying to cut out. But when I look at debit cards, I'm a bit like, how can you tell someone what to do with their money? It is their money, is it excess savings, which, and you're kind of going, I don't believe you should be able to stop someone limiting. Mm. Admittedly, it is 5K, but that 5K will soon be 1K. It'll soon be 500 pounds. It'll soon be 100 pounds. It'll soon be yeah. 50. And it goes all the way down. So I'm big against that, but. I think there are two sides to this and obviously it's written by Bitcoin magazine. So they're always going to go stop people going to Bitcoin, even if it's on credit card, but I wouldn't advise people to use debt to buy anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. Cause when you're buying a debt, essentially you're buying the bank's money. So of course they can say what they want you to spend that money on. And, and, and usually they will, They'll ask you for a reason, won't they? When you're when you're buying with debt, they go, "Is this for a car, for an extension?" And it, and if you do just say, oh, "I'm just going to yellow into ship," they'll go, "Right, well, the odds no, no, on no. you having any money back is going to be zero. So, whatever assets have you got, because you're going to need to sell them to pay me back, and they, then they can take a risk based decision and go, maybe we won't lend you that money. And and I I understand. I, I agree money. with that. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Like literally, any lender can put any restrictions on why they why they do and don't let do do not lend money. But yeah, completely where the line is drawn is when it is your money. Now suddenly, them putting a limit at five k a day on you being able to buy crypto. Let's just say it's Bitcoin. 
is just disgusting, right? It's just what? Yeah. So they're they're stopping going all in, really. They're they're stopping. It's basically it's treating you like a child as well. Because imagine, like, still over 5k a day, like, that's still to be fair, it's still a huge amount of money. Like, I could get a lot of money into Bitcoin during 5k a day, yeah. but it won't really change from, your balance, though. What from a trillion? No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, um, but yeah, it's, it, it is disgusting, right? It's and it's, it just shows that this is this is a sign of, of things to come. They are going to, and, it, and it, it won't just be 5k, it'll get yeah, lower. It's go down to yeah, lower, exactly. Going to be like fifty pounds. Yeah, because that's the thing. They won't ban it because banning it is too much of a a big kind of story to go. Oh, it's banned from buying Bitcoin. Instead, you go. No, no, no. We just we regulate. This is where they start, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just and it gets tighter and tighter. It's a risk based approach to looking after our customers from the volatile, dangerous, Ponzi like world that is Bitcoin. We're protecting our customers. We still let our customers buy Bitcoin. You go, oh, how much? Like five pounds a month. And you go, okay, you you have banned Bitcoin. It's just yeah, you, you you're letting a tiny sliver of the the amount of money flowing out of fiat into into Bitcoin continue. So it's just it's just a, it's, it's another signal for anyone listening that is not all in on Bitcoin or thinks they're going to wait until some of the price goes down or. The, the signs are more rosy. The the off-ramp from fear into Bitcoin is going to get tougher. It's, it's one of these weird things, right? When I got into Bitcoin, getting into getting fear into Bitcoin was tough. The off-ramps were, were tough because they weren't built yet. Now they are built, but the banks are knocking them down again. So we're kind of, I think we're kind of in almost that perfect stage right now where it's very easy to buy Bitcoin. And so but people are still sometimes just waiting for, I don't know, something to happen. And yeah. we're going to, it's almost like it's going to go in a curve where it's very tough to buy Bitcoin at the beginning because the on-ramps weren't built. Um, and then we got to a perfect stage where the on-ramps were built, but then the on-ramps started getting destroyed and now it's tough again. And again, and it's, and, and, and bizarrely, you're going to be buying Bitcoin at a crazy high price and the off-ramps are going to be hard. You're going to have to take your money out of one bank account Put it into another bank account, send it over to freaking Angolia, but I think Angolian all... bank account, and from Angolia, buy Bitcoin on an Angolian exchange, send it to your ledger. You don't want to be in that world. Just do it now, whilst most banks allow you to send whatever money you want to a Bitcoin exchange, convert your money to Bitcoin. So at the moment, you've got, like, you've got like Reveler who don't bother you, but anyone who's going to have like a European or Western or any of the main countries banking licenses, they're going to be required to do this. So, you know, Revolut aren't going to be a safe place soon. Yeah. It's all going to follow suit. And you're right. I was about to correct you when you're halfway through when you said Angolian bank, you are going to need some magic like that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so who's going on the holiday to Angola? We need to <laughs> to send some documents. Or El Salvador, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so what's what's the way around this? Do it fucking now, bro. <laughs> yeah, do, do it, now. it now and just keep on DCAing because you'll be able to get your DCA amount through still. Yeah. Like I said, you get Bitcoin at the price you deserve, right? So right now the price is good. Price is. 65% or full-time high is fucking cheap as chips. Do it now. Uh, 
as time goes on, the price will go up and the ability to buy will probably go down. That's what's likely to happen because we're almost at, you know, we, we talk about the, the ease of onboarding and all that kind of stuff and the customer experience of how you buy Bitcoin. I think in reality, we're probably at the peak of both of those things. And um, we we could go way better. It could be way easier to buy Bitcoin. But the problem is we're hitting now against the institutions and the banks that essentially are going to start trying to fight back on our ability to allow people to buy Bitcoin. So I would say this is now almost the prefaces of you can literally buy Bitcoin, yeah, like you said, on Revolut, click a couple of buttons. I don't think that's going to be the case in five years. I think that's going to get taken away. Uh, and if you can buy Bitcoin, it will be stored on Revolut. You won't be able to withdraw it and stuff. That that type of bollocks. So they are, they, they, this is all coming. So the, the way to do it is buy it before the ban. We can see it coming. All the flags are here. All the canaries in the coal mine are fucking dead. You're staring at them. Don't think they all just died of a heart attack through coincidence. These are dying because there is toxic gases coming from the coal mine and you need to run out of it. And by running out of it, I mean buy Bitcoin now. I'd also look at it as a sign as, a, you know, they are scared. And, it, you know, when again, people talk about Bitcoin being a Ponzi scheme. Well, if it's such a Ponzi scheme, why wouldn't they let you just buy it you know if, if it's gonna die a death let it but really they know that there's uh, there's weight to what the bitcoin actually does for people and that's why they don't want you to do so because they have no control over it ultimately and uh and the control that they're trying to do is to to bully you to not be able to get involved with it hmm. You just made me think, because um, I do um, the spare change thing in Revolut. I totally forgotten about that, and that's building up quite nicely. You withdraw that. They they, yeah. they up the withdraw limits yeah. usually a couple of months ago. And they've upped them. Yeah, by like ten x. You can get. Them I remember in. it was a pain in the arse to get out originally. <clears throat> yeah, it's like yeah. five hundred pound a day, a thousand pound a month, and I think they upped it to like ten k a day or something. It's just probably because they didn't have the right license uh, to be able to allow people to do so. But surprise, surprise, I bet they weren't being granted the license. So they would have had to have jumped through a number of hoops within order to be able to do that. And then, of course, they passed on that benefit to customers. Because don't forget, when Revolut continued to adopt new customers, those new customers are typically customers of the traditional banks now no longer using them and moving to them. Uh, and so you're putting, again, more money from point A, which was them, to point B. And then you're realizing, wow, all these cool features and things that I could do over here, as opposed to not being able to do over there. I'm not going to use them anymore. And they're my new bank. Yeah, it's really annoying, Revolut, because they had their limits set really low. And I'd be, I think for the last 18 months, I'd been withdrawing the maximum every single month. And just when I was getting down to the bottom, they 10x the fucking limits. <laughs> like, well, this is why you have a trillion dollar man. No, <laughs> no bank can handle your money. 
<laughs> I'd messaged their support so many times going, please, like, what, what do you need from me to allow me just to withdraw this properly? You shouldn't be holding this much of my spare change in Bitcoin. I know it's my fault for making it this big, but I need to withdraw this faster than you're allowing me. And they just went, our risk and compliance officers won't allow us. Okay. And then randomly they messaged me going, oh, you can withdraw like 10K a day now or something. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, where, where was this a year ago? <laughs> anyway, last story of the week. Yep. A new Bitcoin That's... idea, Stratum. V2. V2. Again, it's from Bitcoin Magazine, uh, but... Yeah, so it's Bitcoin mining is centralizing, but how real is the risk of network censorship and can a protocol called Stratum V2 save the industry? Yeah, this was an interesting story, I guess, because if we look back, and I'll just pluck a number of, say, like roughly 18 months ago, you know, uh, the majority of the Bitcoin mining was in China. And the US weren't interested in Bitcoin mining. Of course, they were doing it, but not to the same extent. You know, fast forward to where we are right now, and over 50%, 52 in total, is actually done in the US and controlled by uh, two major companies um, with 34 and 18% respectively. So, this is a real key thing because ultimately they could manipulate the market if they were to work in tandem with one another. And the whole point of Bitcoin is that it is decentralized and that no one can own anything. So um, remember, right? So the the one thing, right? So actually, I will share the screen actually just now. Yeah. So you can see the um, the charts we're talking the, about. Yeah. Because um, it looks scary, right? So you've got Founder USA with 33.8, and you've got Ample, right. 18.4. So when you add those two numbers together, you get over 51%, right? So the 51% is the magic number. That means you can mm. uh, have double spend transactions. That's, oh shit, Bitcoin's broken. But remember, these are pools. There are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that sit behind these that just link into the pool. Mm. So the kind of software which they use for these pools, because it's going to be software running, the kind of like messages which they send across, is there anything which could be a risk in that? Yeah, well, that is, to be fair, that isn't what I realised, because this is something where it is good when this type of thing comes out, because I, I just thought, what the fuck is Stratum V2 really? Because these things just run, like you just join a pool, and the only difference is instead of... Um, like me competing on my own, I'm competing yeah. with, say, a million other miners, but then when we get a block, I get a millionth of the reward. That's it. But then, yeah, you're right. There is software that links those things together. And that is the danger. That is what I think this this article essentially points out, which is, um, I think it's down here, which essentially goes, yeah, there is software that links the pools to the miners which I think is what's distributing all the mining reward. And that's a risk because it still mm. means that, okay, these miners aren't necessarily one single entity. They could all flip to any pool at one time. They can start mining themselves at any one time. However, 
there is software that sits in between, which could be manipulated in some shape yeah. or form, which is some form of centralization, which is which is bad. We don't want any centralization in Bitcoin. It can be corrupted. And um and yeah, so it does. So this this software that sits in between the pools and the miners could introduce the 51% attack again, which essentially means you could double spend a transaction. You could potentially change the, the rules of Bitcoin, change the scarcity, change the supply. Do you uh, think like in uh, normal, I guess like normal fiat companies where you have uh, voting rights, do you have voting rights when you're in this pool? No, you don't. Or I, no, you're just a just a, a commodity, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's just my lemma, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You just um, you're what all you're doing is adding hash power. So yeah. the, the amount of hash power you add is the percent of the block rewards you will get yeah. if they hit a block reward. It's just that it's all about hash power. But you have no say over over anything that happens on on the network necessarily. That that's the nodes tend to do that actually. Yeah, because really and truly, it goes back to what I was saying before. If, if I'm looking at that chart and I can see the various different percentages, I'm probably just going to go with Foundry USA because they've got the largest percentage and therefore the largest opportunity for me to get a Bitcoin reward back for my for my hash power. Why would I ever go into something like, uh, I'll just put uh, Luxor with 1.09%? Yeah. I suppose it's, it's like of anything, isn't it? You're kind of gambling a little bit. Yeah. Because, yeah, of um, course. You know, if they win. Luxor might get, two percent of the block rewards even though they only offer one percent the hash rate so mm. you would double your rewards whereas a foundry that are offering 33 percent the hash rate they might only achieve 25 percent the block reward yeah they might achieve 50 because yeah. it's it's still a lottery right it just mm-hmm. it's like a game this is like a hand of poker you have 33 percent chance of winning the hand doesn't mean you win that you, you win the hand right it's just one of them yeah it mentioned it mentions as well about the marathon. So I think I remember is either talking or covering a story in that they um, only wanted to process blocks with OFAC compliant transactions and everyone just ignored it and didn't sign into it. So this is like, you know, you've got the 51% thing, but there's also this aspect that they start making it into compliant transactions or some of the shit, which Bitcoiners didn't ask for. They tried to force them, but I think all the miners just went, no, we're not doing to this. They said, we're not going to pay you. And everyone just went, no. <laughs> and it fell on its arse very quickly. Less than a month. Yeah. Yeah, that, that did not go well for them. Yeah. I, I like how they put it the Marapool precedent. Because, mm. uh, yeah, they, they decided it's OFAC compliant transactions, yeah. So they, they tried to literally blacklist certain types of Bitcoin to not be sent. And uh, yeah, that, that did not go well. But apparently what this Stratton V2 allows you to do, which not only is what they're trying to do here, which seems to be is not only can you not censor blocks, because uh, you don't know necessarily what block you're even processing, 
but it also takes away that software that is connected to pools. So it should enable each individual miner to build its own candidate block for moving this power from the pool. So I think essentially it's really what it means. This is the thing. I'm a little bit dumb to this because I've never mined before, so I've never done it. I've just seen some of the theory. What seems to be happening here is when you mine a block in a pool, like the pool kind of sorts out the block reward and who does what with it. All the rules tend to happen at that level. What Stratum is suggesting it wants to do is knock that down to go, no, the individual miner that actually got the block, he gets to decide what happens. Which suddenly now goes, okay, Mm. the reward, I'm assuming, will still be shared across the pool because I'm part of a pool. I've agreed to that. But my individual miner decides what, what it does. So if there's some kind of censorship bollocks at the top of the pool or they want to change the rules of Bitcoin at the top of a pool, that's just, I don't care. I'm part of the pool, but my miner is signaling no OFAC restrictions, no changes to Bitcoin. Um, fine, the block rewards happen and get distributed, but nothing, no, no change. So this suddenly then would... It seems like a great change, right? It, it kind of takes the the power of pools is still here because, of course, people want to join pools to increase their chances of, of winning and getting a block yeah. reward. But the power of the pool, of that middle layer of software that seemingly, what which is, this is new to me, right? I didn't know they had certain level of control of whether, you know, what rules get applied to the blocks, whether they can censor blocks or not. This takes that away from them, which... I'm hugely in favor of. Okay, I don't know if you saw um, Peter Todd's comments in this article. They're fucking terrifying because Peter Todd is one of the OGs, like literally spoke to Satoshi when he was 13, 14. I'll um, shove him on the screen now. Um, so Peter Todd, who is... And he spoke to Satoshi when he was like 14, 15. His latest quotes are, Bitcoin is dead. Mining is over. They will regulate Bitcoin. Sunship will come. Wow. And uh, Peter Todd is one of, the, <clears throat> one of the people I respect the most in Bitcoin. And uh, so it's terrifying to hear him say that. However, I also know he's a developer. I also know he's very pessimistic. And he's very much he needs to see the the whole solution now so i i don't think he's right on this at least i fucking hope he ain't um because it's just i mean obviously what he's pointing to here is the fact that mining is just so centralized in america now they're going to come and regulate it then eventually they're going to force these huge miners to start censoring transactions and he's right bitcoin's dead then right it's it's like we always said about said about bitcoin if bitcoin doesn't is no longer scarce is no longer decentralized or is no longer censorship resistant if it fails one of those three things then bitcoin is no longer the bitcoin we brought and censorship resistance is huge to that wouldn't what about if everyone just went back to being individuals instead of pools yeah you, you could yeah you could but i think the argument would be it's not profitable to do that. 
No, you, not right now, yeah. If you're not part of a pool, you don't make money, which which is why yeah. everyone's part of the pool. <clears throat> and then they sense the pools, and then before you know it, oh, you, you know, you know, all everyone on the sanctions list that exists in Fiat World now, they're back on the sanction list for Bitcoin. So guess what? El Salvador, sanction list. Mm. Venezuela, sanction list. Argentina, sanction list. And yeah, that's something they're cut off from Bitcoin now. You're not allowed to send a Bitcoin transaction to El Salvador. How many El Salvadorans are going to be using Bitcoin now when it's on the sanction list and no one can use it? Mm. it is, the use case is dead, right? It's back to fiat. So we need to make sure Bitcoin is censorship resistant. And uh, so, yeah, I think this... Without me realizing it, because I didn't really know how pools worked or how mining worked, Stratton V2, holy shit, we need it. Yeah, we need it. I, I do think about when they've in the past tried to ban other things like alcohol and you had the prohibition, you maybe get some sort of uh, freedom pool or a dark pool in terms of people that would try to then get together as opposing to it because wherever you've got bad you've always got some good and there will always be that that consensus among bitcoiners to be like well we don't even care if we're making the loss we'll still do it now of course you know the majority of all of the bitcoin miners they're in it for the profit let's not get it twisted you know they have built as we've said football sized stadiums full of miners the equipment cost around five grand each, all within order to make a profit. So, um, you know, I, I don't see that happening overnight, but there will always be someone that's ready to be like, okay, I'll fight the good fight. What's your space? Dr. Evil, I think he's clocked out. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or is on his early fans subscription already. Yeah, of I course, he, I think he'd already unzipped, ready for his like his post pod wank. I've yeah. already finished. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of those things like because I've never been in mining space, it's hard to fully understand from what I've read in the article. It does seem like it's the right track by anonymizing it all, so mm. you can't send or change any kind of like the um, messages or mess around with the protocol but you know like I said my kind of like knowledge isn't as high and it does need to come you know like Peter Todd unfortunately is right <laughs> well Bitcoin is dead Fuck. no I mean as in it could <laughs> lead as in he's been very pessimistic but it is something which could happen mm-hmm. so it needs to evolve before something happens you know like we saw it with I've forgotten what their name was now Marathon yeah um yeah in the fact that they tried something they're obviously somehow linked to the government and they tried it in order to get it in try and sneak it in rather than be enforced so the next one is it'll be enforced somehow yeah yeah i think we still need to get our mining rigs fucking set up and go into the good thing one is thing i've never really gone into and i just think i genuinely think more people need to get into mining because i think it's think a cost you don't though. join a pool yeah exactly you, you do it and then you join a pool because of the cost of energy yeah and we don't live in an energy yeah. efficient you, you know, think a rig a rig will cost you what is it between five and ten grand 
then how much will the energy cost you for the year? Will it be a couple of grand or something? That's why you need to fire yeah. up solar. You need to have renewable energy to be able to yeah. run the thing. Or be in a, um, a country where energy is cheap. Yeah, which yeah. we're not, <laughs> right? So no, we're not going to exactly. Yeah, so I, I thought about this for a while, like trying to set up the, a shit ton of solar, get a lot of miners. Figure, the good thing is that the, the first step, right, is just figure out how it all works, right? And then, and yeah, of course, you probably join the pool, but you go, do I need to? Can I join myself? Can I get it profitable? And just in case, let's just assume, right, that Peter Todd is right in this instance and the pools get corrupted. Well, now what? Can you mine mm. direct? You're going to have fucking have to because there's going to be a huge demand for transactions that are not censored. So they're going to need you. They're going to need you to process the transactions. And um, it's part of us as the community. We can't look around and go, oh, the government need to do blah, blah, blah. No. It's us. Bitcoin is us. We need to figure figure this shit out. What you can do is you could um, use a kind of like Dynamo in your Fitbit and then run it off that. So when you're jacking off, it powers it up. Um, <laughs> yours you'd, would... w- you'd you'd win all the awards. <laughs> Mine and blocks for days. <laughs> right. Well, there we have it. That was Pod 89, brought to you by your usual and regular for these, Mr. All-In, a.k.a. the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, a.k.a. the People's Champ, myself, so never look, a.k.a. the Excellence of Execution, and surprise, surprise, Mrs. No-Show was still, once again, Pod 89 and No-Show. But an equality higher. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>